Log Talk Radio. Oh, I love Log Talk Radio. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, and it's Freedom Friday. And here at the K Factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it, the kindest thing that I can think to do is to bring people into this space to co-host with me, people who I know, like, and trust, and by the way, absolutely adore, because they've got great mind and great heart. And my really good friend, Dr. Charlie Cartwright, good morning, my friend. How are you today? Doing awesome today. How are you? I'm great. It's been a really, it's been a wild day. It's amazing. It's only, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, Central Standard Time. And I, I did a show for the Missouri Venture Forum, which you've been a speaker at previously. And uh, we were talking about ways that we have such an opportunity in the world today in 2020 to do good. And we were talking about mindset of all things. Go figure. And so today I was saying to you, all right, what are you on fire about, Dr. Charlie? Yeah, I think that uh, just the just spring our minds, we have so much clutter and and there's so many things that bog us down. Right, right. And a lot of times I think people become prisoners of their own mind, their own thought work. And, and it, it really uh, prevents us from doing, doing a lot of things, doing things that, that bring us joy, doing things to help other people, uh, doing things to promote our career or benefit our career. We get caught up in the, so many of these, these cycles and there's so much cloudiness and static and there's a lot of things to keep us busy. And when we're doing that, the time passes. But then at the end of that time, you know, what's actually accomplished? Mm. You know, are we closer to, you know, our goals? Are we closer to happiness? Are we closer to uh, impacting other people? Or are we just busy all day and our mind cluttered with all of the, the trappings that are, that are out there in our society? Yeah, it's interesting that you put it exactly that way. One of the things that we were talking about in the Missouri Venture Forum on a Zoom call was um, Jonathan Allen, who created EQ, which is Entrepreneur Quarterly. He is a wonderful young man, British, with a very worldly perspective that he brings to us, and he was making mention of the things that we've learned during 2020 because of our lockdowns, stay at home and, you know, just everything that's happened. And he really wanted to talk about mindset. And, and as, as we were talking about it, one of the things that it spawned in me to make mention of is this period of time is opportunistic for us to sit still because as you're describing all of what you're saying in terms of cloudy and all that, we we have been a frenetic society for a long, long time. And, and that behavior gets us scattered. And what we have an opportunity to do right now and have had all year is to sit still and be grounded where it is we find ourselves. Really hunker down, get comfortable in your home and think about how do I want to arrange this room so that I'm really comfortable? How do I want to get comfortable? And then your mind starts to think, not only do I want my body comfortable, I want my mind comfortable. And that's the thing that is, uh, that's the real pandemic right now is we don't have freedom of thoughts because we're so uptight. We're scared, the uncertainty, right? So is, is, is you're talking about that, that scattered and that freedom of thoughts. What's your, what's your formula, Charlie? What do you do to get a hold of your mind and to be able to focus? 
That's so interesting because as you were talking, I, I looked at my – it reminded me of my Facebook post this morning, and the post is basically virtually all limitations are self-imposed. That's, that's the quote that I, that I posted. And so for me, it's not looking externally. Yeah, right. It's not looking externally. It's, it's, it's looking at, at me in the mirror, even the book. And it's, it's so interesting that this is what we're covering because I'm going through this book thinking, oh, yeah, yes. um, I read it every day. And it says this, today is my reading. Before you can control conditions, you must first control yourself. If you do not conquer self, you will be conquered by self. <laughs> so, you know, in our society, well, hey, I, I need this gadget, or, you know, or my friend didn't support me, or my loved one didn't, or my boss, or the job, all these external things, right. and really, it starts, begins and ends with us, and so I really look at what can I do, yeah. you know, to, to settle my mind, is there one safe space? that I have in the world where I can go and sit down and not have distractions, to your point, feel comfortable. I have a spot that I, I know I, I feel comfortable, I feel creative, I feel inspired, I can relax, I can contemplate, I can recharge, I can plan, and then I can execute all from the same spot. And so I think it's important to have that that space, find that space. I mean, I know people that have a closet, and they go in that closet, and they've got it set in there to where that's their safe space. When they need to get away and recharge, they've redesigned this closet, small room, and they can go in there and meditate and do some of the things they want to do. So Mm. I always look look at the uh, person uh, in the mirror, and that's, that's, that's where I start. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's, it's amazing. One of the, one of the exercises that I started doing with people in events was I bought a box of handheld mirrors and I would say to people, okay, so pick up the mirror. Then yeah, they'd like pick it up and make jokes and shriek away. And, and I would say, okay, you know, so, and then other people would be going, Oh, am I getting a pimple over here? Wait, do you see a hair there? And, I, and I'd let them do that for a few minutes, and I'd say, okay, now, I want you to look deep into your own eyes. And it is amazing how uncomfortable people got. You know, you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you're shaving, you're doing, you know, all the things that we do, um, and washing your face and, and everything, and not looking in your eyes. And the eyes are the window to the soul, right? We've heard that. And people get afraid. I have people every single time who start to cry because they are, I mean, I I could, I can feel my eyes welling up just thinking about it. And people would say, I can't believe I'm crying. And I'd say, when was the last time you did this? I don't think I've ever done it. Okay. Well, welcome to yourself. Now to break up the, the sadness and the sorrow of it. I also had like, five battery operated mirrors so when you lifted it up and you looked at it it was there was a sensor in there and it would either go ah! <laughs> or it would go oh no or it would start laughing and it was hilarious because everybody needed that no matter which one you picked up right and so it broke it up but the sad truth is when we hear as a child, love the self first, because you can't love anybody else until you really love you, is just so incredibly true. And people just forget. They just forget. It's not even that they don't believe. It's just that they, they forget. And so the invitation for us today with everybody and with one another is freedom of thoughts on Freedom Fridays. Every week we come here, we talk about it in yet another way. And and there's so many ways to get that. You know, you're talking, Dr. Charlie, about a space that you find. And I'm reminded of what Voltaire wrote in the 1400s. He said, paradise is where you are. 
you know, people save up for a vacation. They got that special two weeks out of the year, or it's just a weekend or whatever. People save for the vacation. They save their good energy, that special outfit, that cash, make the reservations. They go, and they're just as crabby as they could freaking possibly be. Why? Because they went with themselves, and they didn't allow they didn't allow that space to change their state of mind. Isn't that something? Amazing. Amazing. I made a, a, a video this week about something I do with, with my training is I'll ask people, you know, at the very beginning, give me your top three priorities. It can be personal, professional, combination, however you want. Give me your top three priorities. And consistently, I get family, I get faith, I get my children or grandchildren, and sometimes I get some career. But those are the top ones. Not one time has anyone ever wrote, passed that card down and they had themselves in the top three. Not once. Wow. I'm like, you've got to be number one. You know, and you can see people look. When I was younger, I thought that was a selfish attitude. But really, you can't take care of anyone else until you take, take care of yourself first. And whether it's your family, if, if you're not taking care of yourself, at some point, you're going to break down physically or emotionally. And you're not going to be able to take care of your family or your career or your faith. And so you've got to start with yourself. And it was interesting, the, the comments I got, most people were like, oh, it's true, or hey, I know this is true because I've been a mother for all these years, and I recognize I kind of was focused on family, went to care of myself, and now I'm transitioning. It's so important, and now I see the importance. But it was so interesting that I actually had someone write me. I had two ministers write in. Really? The one wrote in, well, hey, you know, I see what you try to do, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's God first. <clears throat> all the scriptures and things, and of course, just so happens I'm very familiar with scriptures. Yeah, so, right. I said, hey, I would like to continue this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> he has not responded. And uh, but but me, it's, it's very clear that um, that you know the two greatest commandments in the Bible were you know love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and body, and then the second greatest commandment was love your neighbor as yourself. Right. That's when Jesus was asked. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you love your neighbor as yourself and you don't love yourself, you can't be loving your neighbor. So it starts with self-love. Yeah. Right. right. And then it goes on to say later that, uh, hey, if, if you don't love your, your neighbor who you can see, you can't love God who you cannot see. So again, hey. love yourself, then you love your neighbor, <clears throat> then you can say that you, you know, you love God in, in that order, okay? You, you got to start with yourself. Yeah. And and go from there. And, uh, and the, 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 the airplane message, right? Safety message. You know, if we lose pressure in this cabin and oxygen mask drops, you're going to put yours on first. That's yeah. the instruction. Because if you don't, you can end up incapacitated, now you can't help. Now you need help. Exactly. So right. It's so fundamental, but I think our society has put it in our mind that that's selfish. And it, and it really isn't. It's, it's essential that yeah. we take care of ourselves. And now we have health, both physically and mentally, and longevity, so that we can do all these Take mm. care of all these other priorities mm. uh, in our life. You know, it's interesting. So it's so much fun to wordsmith, right? So selfish has become like a vile word. Ah, oh, you're so selfish. Yes, thank you. And you look nice today too. <laughs> because if you and and I fall in the same category, you know to to luxuriate in me to take care of me, put me first, I would feel like a schmo if I put down the list, you know, but I, I come first, no, who's first me, okay, but 
Now, when I was reading Wayne Dyer, and I really, I'm such a fan of his, but I was reading one of his books. Um, I don't know which one it was off the top of my head. I think I've read them all. But he, I'm reading, and he was saying, I am God. And I thought, oh, what? Oh, what blasphemy. This is heinous. This is this is Dr. Wayne Dyer. I had no idea I'm going to burn his books. I mean, how, how dare he? And then, and then I thought, well, maybe I should relax and read the next part of the sentence. Because what he goes on to say is, I am God, and God is me. My mother is me. I am my mother. My father is me. I am my father. We're talking about the ultimate father here from from whom we were created. So, of course, we are that entity. Of course, we are, and they are us. And then, of course, we are all in this together because we are one another's cellular matter, one another's everything. And when I started thinking about it, I thought, well, I'm a lot closer to God than I thought. <laughs> and why should the conversations with God <clears throat> be so difficult? Then I started getting really involved in my parish life, and we would talk about prayer. And, you know, well, how do you pray? How do you pray to God? And, and you know, it occurred to me that there was a theme across everybody praying. Uh, you know, do you believe in God? Oh, yeah. Do you pray? Oh, yes, I pray. I pray all the time. All right. Um, what do you say to God? Well, you know, that's the thing. I just don't think that God is listening. Because I'll tell you what I told. <clears throat> I told God, here's what I need you to do. And he doesn't answer me. And I said, okay, so are you putting this like into a management paradigm? Uh, hey, you over there, the big G, come on over here. I got a to-do list for you, pal. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, people would look at me and it, and it was so irreverent that they had to laugh. Right. And, and so I said, you know, really, um, the, there's another saying too, and that is that God always hears you, that God always listens and he always answers. Now for anybody who is listening to us, if they is an atheist or an agnostic or calls our creator something else, Whatever it is that you call an entity, it, even is science, Mother Nature, whatever, there's something that we all avert our attention to at some moment in time <clears throat> and ask for help. I love it when my most atheistic, my most atheistic people say, you know, could you just say a little prayer for me because I know you're connected, you know? <laughs> connected to what? <laughs> but anyway, um, when we do that, we are always <clears throat> heard, but we have to look to see at what we're willing to allow in the way of an answer. Please don't ask God to not allow someone to die. You know, please don't ask God to, you know, undo this, that, or the other thing or make it different. Ask for clarity. Ask for understanding. Ask to see it in a way that is about the love that's coming towards you. And and then we really do have freedom of thought because it's no longer <clears throat> just about hope. It's about faith. And with faith, we actually believe. It's not wishful. It's really we really believe. It'll all be okay. It'll, it'll, it'll all be okay, right? It's amazing. The other, I was going to mention too, the other minister that, Typed in. He he went to seminary. I don't think the first gentleman that went to seminary a different faith, but the gentleman that went to seminary said that was the first lesson was self care before other care. Really, that was the first lesson they learned. So it's it's so true that that if the, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we need to take care of it, right? We there need to get to take care of this temple, and right. that's a, that's a form of your faith, right? So it's it's so important that we get a hold of ourselves and and really just um, you know find our path, like you said, whether you know you're believing in a higher power or not. We're still charged with finding that our path, right? Our path to to happiness, to serenity, to peace, to kindness, to 
someone else's responsibility. It's everyone's right. responsibility. Think about how many times. I love that you just said that because you just teed it up for a thought that I immediately had when we're talking about this. Think about how many people in relationships, whether it's friendships or it's romantic connection, you know, a marriage, you are not making me happy. I'm sorry, but you got up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> you know, you bonked your head yourself. We hope we hold one another accountable sometimes when we're very immature. You know, we hold one another accountable for our happiness. And it, oh my goodness, I you know I find myself counseling people and guiding them in relationships, and 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 saying, well. What is it that that person is supposed to do to make you happy? What would make you happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I want a house. Okay, and then you're in the house. Then what do you want? And then you got that, and then what do you want? It's a never-ending story. Exactly. Yeah, it's always a, the bar is always moving. Right. <laughs> right. You become you, you become like a trick dog on an obedience course. Okay, now jump over that ball. Here, climb through this hoop. Yeah. Go to the left, go to the right, roll over. Yeah, it's never ending. That's why I think I do think that twenty twenty is a is a, a a time of uncertainty, but the certainty that we can get out of this is freedom of thought. And it's a discipline, right? What What is your discipline inside of that head of yours, Dr. Charlie? You know, as interesting as I think this year has been, for everyone, right? And there's a lot of uncertainty. Yes. Okay. Yes. And this is just a thought that came in as you were speaking. And so I'm apologizing if I'm deviating a little bit from here. Oh, no. We love your journey. Yeah, I wanted to give you this thought as it it came in. There's so much uncertainty, but it's also creating a lot of certainty. And here's what I mean. Oh, yeah. The people around you, how have they responded? How have they treated you? How have they, whether that's an employer, an employee, partner, uh, a friend, uh, associate, how have they responded during this time? How have they interacted with you, right? Because it's clear. People, it's very clear. Attitudes, there are people that you weren't sure, I thought they were my friend, now you know that they're your friend or they're not your friend, right? How do you know? People that you had maybe on the periphery, Oh my. very clear. And so there's been a lot of clarity, and some of it's been, obviously for everyone, it's been very surprising. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that you you thought that way, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you're behaving that way. Well, it's always been there. But before it was a facade, and now you see people are being revealed for, for who they are. That's true. And, uh, and, and the people are stepping forward, stepping up, and other people are stepping back. Yeah. And it's very clear. So I think it's really important at this time to take note of all that because that's important information. It's not accident. Okay, this has gone on too long. Say someone had a bad day. Okay, uh, it's been months. So I think. Um, Dr. Maya Angelou was one of my favorites, you know. Oh, uh, I've got a story for you after you tell me that. She's one of my favorites, right? Yeah. And so I, she's gone, but, but her, her wisdom lives on. And uh, I remember she was on a show with Oprah, and that was one of Oprah's mentors. And she would have her on her show from time to time. Yeah. And so she had her on a show, and she was asking her a question. And Oprah is like a, you know, almost like a, it seemed like a little kid sitting on our grandmother's lap. You know? She was. Like, she was. She absolutely was. You could see how she was geared uh, for a good reason. Yeah. Um, by Angelo. And she said, well, hey, as they were wrapping up the interview, she said, is there one piece of advice 
that you would like to give all the young people listening. So I was like, turn the television up. Because I really wanted to hear what she had to say. And she thought about it. And she had this eloquent way of delivering. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're just like wanted to listen. She could keep talking about going up and getting a box of cereal. And she would make it sound amazing. Yeah, she would. And so anyway, she said, what I would say to young people is that when someone shows you who they are, Believe them the first time. Yeah. And as we make mistakes a lot there. Avoid do we? We make a lot of mistakes with that. And it's very clear. Yeah. In this time of, of that we're going through in our lifetime, it's very clear. Very clear. Um, who people are. They need to go <clears throat> and make adjustments as needed. This is very necessary. Love that. Totally. Absolutely. Another version of that that I've heard is when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. I mean, because, you know, I've had people say to me, I am a, such a negative, and then they tell, they tell me, you know, and, I, and I'm like, no. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, yes, that was true. Why wouldn't I? Okay, so so here's my Maya Angelou story. This is going to tickle you in such a major way. So I'm in St. Louis. I'm going to tea at the Ritz-Carlton in St. Louis with a good friend of mine. I've had two women friends who are more vain than any human being I've ever encountered. And, you know, pretty women. But the two of us are going out, and, I mean, it's like, late morning for tea at the Carlton, we both look fine, but we're sitting there and it didn't matter what time of day it was, where we were. And they never met. They didn't know each other. <clears throat> These ladies <clears throat> would say, I'll be right back. I'm going to use the ladies room. They'd come back like in 45 minutes. <laughs> and they'd like have, you know, fresh makeup on and have their hair done and stuff. And it's like, did you go to a spa? I've been sitting here for a long time. What are you doing in there? There's no men here, and I already think you're splendid. So what do you do? What do you do when you go away that way? So I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the Ritz Carlton. <clears throat> she takes off, and I'm thinking, well, okay. Da da da. Looking around the room, and I see this woman walk in, and she's she's like Amazonian. I mean, she's huge, structural, and she's got on the most elegant clothes. And she's got this walking stick that is just like, I mean, it looks like some piece of artwork with a big sort of knob on the top of it. And, and, and she's an older lady and some younger person is walking in with her. And I thought, wow, I mean, that's like a real presence. I mean, the whole energy in here just really shifted. And I didn't mean, she's like, I don't know, 30 feet away from me. And, and I'm looking at her and I can't take my eyes off of her. I mean, I'm staring at her. And she sits down, and um, I'm still looking at her, and I'm thinking, she looks really familiar. <laughs> no, no, no. You couldn't be, couldn't be. And all of a sudden, she takes this giant hand of hers, and she waves me over towards her. And I was like, put my hand on my on my sternum, and I was like, what? Me? And she's nodding her head, yes. And I'm looking around like, well, she's got to be talking to somebody else. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I, what? So she waves me over. And so I get up and I walk over. I said, did you mean me? Yes. And I, and she said, sit. And, you know, she gestures. I mean, everything's so elegant, Charlie. She gestures me to sit at the, at the chair with her. And so I sit. And we're on these two upholstered chairs. Now, she's real relaxed. She's leaning back and and just sitting there and talking and and looking at me. And I'm leaning forward, you know, like a little neurotic, energized bunny. And and I said, is it? And she said, yes. I said, really? Are you really? Are you Maya Angelou? And she said, yes. Who are you? And I, and I said, um... 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I mean, it makes me, it makes my nose run and my eyes tear up to tell the story. And we had almost an hour. Her assistant left her there. This is Maya Angelou sitting alone in the, air, you know, like nice lobby area that is elegant and private and wonderful and safe. But she's sitting alone, a world treasure, a poet laureate. Is she sitting alone in the Ritz-Carlton? And she wants me there with her? It, good God, I couldn't believe it. So, you know, she says to me, I want to know who you are. I want to know everything about you. I started crying. I did. I cried the whole time I was sitting there with her. I said, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm, uh, Deb, I'm, uh, I'm Deb Carlin. I, oh, I'm, I'm Dr. Deb Carlin. And I've read everything. I think I've read everything that you've ever read. I mean, I think I've read everything that you've ever written. Maybe everything you read. I don't know what you've read, but I, I, I think I've read everything you wrote and, and I've seen you and I, but not like this. I, mean, I just babbled on like an idiot. And she was, she was, she was doing everything to get me to just quiet down. But her, her energy was so enormous. I mean, she was a very large statuesque woman of so much physical stature and intellectual stature and emotional stature and soulful. And, and then I just relaxed into it. And, you know, I told her who I am and what I do and, we went back and forth. She gave me her personal card and told me to stay in touch with her. And I just, I, I was so amazed. And I sat with her there that whole time. And then her, this young lady came and, and got her. And and she said, do not, I, I will see you again. We'll stay in touch. And I said, oh, my geez, Lord, have mercy. And and one of the things that <clears throat> we talked about was one of the other statements that she's well known for saying, people will forget what you said, said and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And there's things that really resonate with us, right? So they really adhere to our heart. And that really is adhered to my heart. And so she leaves and I go back to the table and about five minutes later, my friend emerges. And she said, what happened to you? And I said, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And she said, no, I mean, like your makeup's all run all over your face and everything. I mean, what happened to you? I said, I've been crying almost all the time you were gone. Oh, I'm sorry. It didn't have anything to do with you. I was here with Maya Angelou. What? Where is she? Where is she? And I said, she's gone. Well, get her back here. And I said, no, no, I'm not getting her back here. Well, I've always wanted to meet her. I want to talk to her. I said, well. That's what you get for being vain and being in the bathroom this whole time. <laughs> and so I I mean to tell you, I had that time with Maya Angelou. Oh. I mean, like for real big. So what did she do for me and how did it how does it relate to you and me here? Um <clears throat> She really had freedom of thinking. She had freedom of thoughts. And she has imprinted both of us. And you gave your your um, experience and I gave mine. And what she offered to both of us was that opening to be able to be in your stillness, to hear her, to hear that that beautiful, elegant, deep, slow-moving voice, right? Mm-hmm that I can do when I really relax that is so comforting and and she spoke the way that she lived she spoke the way that she wrote with that that cadence of uh, something that felt really down home and grounded and really safe right I mean she was a, a, a really wild vibrant not a tame spirit but boy, could she just put peace into everything? Yeah, amazing legacy. She had an amazing legacy for sure. Yeah. I, I, part of her legacy is her son, and I've heard him speak. And and when people ask him what was she really like, he says, 
just like you all saw her and knew her and loved her. That was really and truly who she was. She was not someone different when the door was closed. She was incredible, beautiful, generous, smart, very clear, very clear-minded. What a beautiful legacy, huh? Yeah. That's, and that's what I wish for everyone. Have the freedom to be who you are all the time. Yeah. All the time. And you know what, Charlie? To to believe that who you are, because we have God inside of us, you are good. How many people do you and I encounter who are in trouble because they believe this horribleness about themselves? Many. Many people tortured, tortured by it. And... Uh... I was just, it's so interesting, this conversation today, because I was just talking to a friend yesterday about this, and that this, I remember this church that I went to, and, and again, I have faith in the Creator, and I'm a, I'm a believer, so I want to, I want to say that okay. in advance of what I'm about to say, so I remember going to this church with my grandmother, my father's mother and I just remember there was nothing encouraging about those messages ah a preacher really condemnation and you're a sinner and you're bad and you're imperfect and you fall short and over and over just bombarded Mm. as a kid so I'm a kid and uh, that was this messaging which I think is really, I mean, we're imperfect people, but we're also created in God's image. And mm-hmm. so if we're, we're imperfect, but we're created in God's image, then that means our default is greatness. Okay. And then we fall away from that to a, to a, to a, a greater or lesser ex- extent, but our default is greatness. That's where we started. Then we come in with all this condemnation and negativity, and uh, and then society adds to that, and so people have been received so much messaging that they're not smart enough, they're not tall enough, they're not attractive enough, they're overweight, they get bombarded with everything they're not, instead of everything that they are. Oh, that's so true. Right? And we are so much. And no one can be everything. But what we are is enough for us and everyone in our circle. Right? It's more than enough. Yeah. Once we embrace who we are. But if we get beat back into submission almost and are afraid to step into who we are, well, there's no happiness with that. Right. There's no contentment with that. There's no peace with that. And so <clears throat> that's the that's the, the real challenge, I think, is stepping into who we are. And uh, there's some fear there. But once we get beyond that, then there's really comfort in who we are and what we do and what we talk about and how we interact with other people. And that's really enjoyable. And one of the, the biggest compliments I get when people meet me face-to-face and say, hey, you look exactly like your picture. Yep. You know, I didn't put a picture from 1995. And then, you know, everything that I've heard or read or watched your videos, you're the same person. Yep. Uh, You are. You know what I mean? And that's, thank you. And that's that's the biggest compliment because I want to be the same guy that on the stage. If you see me at Walmart or you see me at the gas station or the grocery store, it's, it's me, you know, and uh, and that's that's enough. Right. And, uh, and again, there will always be, you know, detractors and people that are going to point out things. And I'm not really living for those folks. And <laughs> I want to be the best version of who I can be in. And uh, and contribute positively to society. I love and, that. 
no one else can be an expert in my life. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and how I should live it. You know, I'm I'm the one. You know. Exactly. And so uh, and then ultimately, you know, responsible to the creator. That's that's it. So. You know, it's so wonderful to hear you tell that story because you we all know that we've got many sides to us but we really do want to come across with our real genuine right (laughs) i i've had uh these moments when i get a little gritchy and a little demanding (laughs) and i happen to be at a store I'm not very good about waiting in line. And and I and I can get a little persnickety about it. And it, it was a grocery store and I was at the counter <clears throat> excuse me, as the, the the person was about to start ringing me up and I was just presented with kind of like my crabby self. And this guy looked at me and he goes, Hi, Doctor Dub and I said, Excuse me, do we know each other? And he pulls out my book. (laughs) Build the strength within. And I'm standing there like with my hands up and I'm smiling and be the best version of who you can be. And I'm going to, I'm going to help you blueprint your life. And, and I looked at him and I said, Oh dear God. And he said, yeah, the pressure's on. I know that you're better than what you're presenting to me right now. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know what? Let me just tell it to you like this. I'm just a whole human being. I, I have all the size, 360 degrees of a big person here. And, you know, he just, he started laughing. Well, you know, he's my buddy at the grocery store, of course. And, and it is interesting because how, you know, how we can call one another out. You know, you were getting complimented for it. I was getting chided for being a snot. And I and I just can't stand it when I do that. And I have to tell you, I, I really, I am trying hard. And especially in 2020, I think it's so important that we lead with our kindness. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, we can't find our kindness now at a time when we really need to call it forward, then we're really in trouble. And and, you know, I, I, I will never forget that that guy did that to me, you know, and that <clears throat> when people meet us and we inspire them, whether we've got some kind of celebrity and notoriety because we're out there, we're being public or not, we really, each of us are held accountable that people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And if we're crabby, we make people feel awful. And and we're predisposed to that, right? Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I'm so horrible. It must be because I'm ugly. It must be because I, you know, I'm too fat or I'm too skinny or I'm too this or I'm too that. <clears throat> and then people ruminate about that. And then here's the worst part. People internalize it and then they wonder why they get physically sick. Our mind drives the disposition of our body and we can make ourselves either really sick or really healthy. So especially now we ought to be doing everything possible. And, you know, I love my favorite part of this conversation today might be your absolutely ingenious epiphany that while this is a point of uncertainty, it is a point of great certainty. We really have gotten to know who one another is. There is no hiding now. And I am a, I, you know, I, I have found myself in this time of incubation paying really close attention to how people have made me feel. And there's some people who have really been, let's just call it icky. It's a nice way to put it, yeah. You know, and 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 then I think my reaction is, I don't need that. I don't welcome it. I don't think I invited it. 
I don't want to participate in icky. I, I, I'm trying to do everything I can for, for me, putting me on the top of my list, okay, since you convinced me that was the right answer, <clears throat> to, to really be lovely. It's interesting. I had a, I like to, one of the things I like to do in my spare time when I have some free time just to kind of reset my mind is I like to play video games competitive. So there's this strategy game I play. And, and uh, so I'm playing the game. And, and uh, it's one of those games if you're distracted, you're not going to play well. It's kind of like chess. <laughs> and if you're distracted at all, you're gonna lose. So I didn't play well, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's my first game, and it's warming up. I'm gonna play better the next. Game. <laughs> so I get a note from the person that I played, and uh, it was like a real, it was like a really nasty note about, really, you know, how poorly I played. And just, you know, and some profanity in there and oh. things. And so I'm like, wow. So I was like, you know what? I got to respond to this. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't really appreciate getting a note like this. I really don't understand this. Um, I don't need this, you know, in my life. But the, I'm on here to, to have some fun and enjoy win or lose. Yeah. Right? Right. And uh, for you to send this note to a total stranger says to me that life's not good for you. And I'm sorry about that. And I hope that uh, things turn around for you. Oh, bless your heart. Sent it to him. Yeah. Well, he wrote back. And he was very, oh, sorry, you know. He actually apologized. Really? So like, what would possess you to send this nasty note? And it's a name. Like, we're not winning any money or there's nothing on the line. I mean, it's just. Um, you have no, you know, you see my gamer tag, you don't see my face or anything, you don't know anything about it. And so it, it was just, it was just so interesting that, that, you know, people will feel like it's okay to do that. And I think it's okay for us to say that's not okay. Right. And, <clears throat> and also that, hey, I can't have people in my camp like that. You know, just people like that in the game, right. you can block them. Right. You know, right. I'm not playing with you. We'll never... Again, right. Go play, go play somewhere. Go play in another sandbox, whatever. Yep. So I think it's it's important that we that we take those steps when necessary. Uh, you know, for uh, for our physical and mental well being. <clears throat> you know, there's seven plus billion people on the planet. There's too many good people out there, and too many people that'll be positive supporters. We don't really need to spend time with that. It just no. We don't have enough time in our life to to absorb all that negative energy because then it takes work to trans transform it. Right? Yeah, it does. Just positive. And I really want to be using my, my energy uh, to get better for myself so that I can get better for other people, be better for other people and be more helpful, you know, to other people. You know it's you know what's interesting when you said you were you were you were thinking why would you why would you do this why would you send this to a total stranger you know the answer the answer is because it was safe he didn't have to face any consequence little did he know but you did it with gentility and then and then you're able to block that person you know um a long time ago i started writing about anonymity anonymity is our enemy anonymity is the enemy when people think that, you know, well, no, you know, what difference does it make? Nobody knows me here. I can do and say whatever I want. Not really. Not really. I mean, you know, it, it, it always, none of us are invisible. But anonymity, the myth of, of being able to be anonymous is, is very dangerous because we will do all kinds of things if we think that nobody's going to know. And, you know, so that reminds me of, of, how do we define integrity? Integrity is what you do when nobody's looking. Exactly. You know? So I love that you responded back to that person, and I love that you responded back to that person the way that you did and that they had a Mayakopa. 
Okay, you know, I'm sorry. Okay, good. I'm also glad that you cut them off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I did. So, anyhow, there's a lot of that going on. I just think that uh, it's amazing to me that people don't really uh, understand that they have the power to say, you know what? I don't, I don't need that person in my, my new seat anymore. I don't need that negativity. Yeah. You know, even, even if you don't want to unhurt them, you know, so that yep. that's not coming up in your feet anymore. I've done a lot of that. A lot of meaning, right? Yeah. And just, so it, it's so important that, uh, and again, that's a big part of self-care. Yeah. Is, uh, is, is really making sure that, that your inner circle there cares about you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thus, this show that you and I do. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? We're down to the last two minutes. Can you believe it? Flies by. Yeah, what a great conversation. All right, friends, this has been Dr. Deb Carlin with Dr. Charlie Cartwright, who I absolutely have so much respect for. This is just a wonderful part of my Fridays. Freedom Friday. Mine too, Dr. Deb. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great. All right, so we will be back here for you next Friday, and we will be finding more ways. We agreed before we went live. uh, We'll be finding more ways to be able to post and make this available for you, and we look forward to getting your feedback and getting your support, gaining it and keeping it. And on that note, peace out.